Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We are here with some breaking news on Home Run Applesauce. This is actually going to be the first podcast released under the Home Run Applesauce title. So uh, welcome to Home Run Applesauce, everybody. Um, More on that later. Uh, (laughs) We have to talk about Edwin Diaz's very, very bad uh, knee injury that happened last night after the win for Puerto Rico during the World Baseball Classic during the celebration Diaz seemed to not move particularly, um, you know, it, it, you know, he, what I'm trying to say is he was almost standing still when this happened and crumpled to the ground with a knee injury that anyone watching knew it was bad to begin with. We now know that it is an injury to his patellar tendon and that the recovery time is usually about eight months. Billy Epler said in some cases it can take as little as six months, but even with that, that means absolute best case scenario that we're not seeing Edwin Diaz until probably September, but more than likely not until opening day 2024. This is obviously a huge blow for the team for a bunch of reasons. Chris, I want to start with you. Oh, I'm joined by Chris, Rob, and Allison. Uh, Chris, I want to start with you. Um, you know, one of the underrated parts of the last season was just how the closer spot was not a worry for the Mets at all. Diaz was so lights out last year that it seemed like it was almost automatic when he went into the game. And so in terms of your confidence, just sort of broad, you know, big picture broadly, has your confidence in the team dipped considerably because of the lack of Diaz at the back end of the bullpen? I think the team still has a whole lot to work with to get to the playoffs, but Man, I'm going to miss, I mean, not just the fun part of him coming into a game with his excellent entrance and then 
how I don't know, just flat out dominant he's been, historically dominant in uh in in the last year. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think you can patch together save situations with Ottavino and Robertson and, and maybe Drew Smith and Brooks Raley step up for some of those. And uh there are worse bullpens out there for sure that don't even have those guys, but those big spots throughout the entire regular season when, uh, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. is coming up in the eighth inning and the Mets did such a good job. And, and Diaz, too, bought in. He was heading into free agency last year and he was totally on board with, yep, send me in there for the best hitters. Eighth inning, you know, and, and he was just as dominant a pitcher no matter how they deployed him. So, like, to not have that flexibility and to not have uh, the occasional four or five out save type situation with him uh we're gonna miss it for sure it's i i know it's possible that he could recover and be back for the playoffs but i don't want to spend the whole season thinking that way uh and yeah so it's look i mean we saw what happened last year when they didn't win the division and wind up in the wild card series i'm not saying that that's not significant but i think they will make the playoffs without him but in october those big spots there is nobody i would trust for three to five maybe even six outs uh more than him and that includes every starting pitcher in the rotation um so it's yeah it's significant and um I, that that's that's what i've got right now i i will say one other thing i thought epler did a really nice job of raising diaz the person the competitor didn't take any shots at his decision to play in the WBC uh, or the WBC itself. And, you know, man, just what a happy moment in Diaz's life last night, followed by probably the hardest one for him as an athlete. Yeah. Uh, Same question for you, Allison. How worried are you about the Mets bullpen without Diaz anchoring it in the back end? Um, Like Chris said, I think there are worse bullpens out there. I don't think that this is a death knell for the Mets bullpen. Um, But obviously Diaz is far and away the most important member of the Mets bullpen, and they've just lost him for probably the entire season. Um, I think what's irreplaceable is not like, like there are lots of people talking about how like reliever relievers as fungible and these innings as fungible. And yes, you can piece together these innings, but like not to, boomer not to have a boomer take about this about bullpen roles but like there is no replacing someone who performs that well in high leverage um the leverage of the innings matters um a lot and you just don't know even if somebody has the rays do this every year right the rays have like four or five guys that have like a two era out of the bullpen but that doesn't mean i'm comfortable with john curtis coming in <laughs> to close a game, right? It's it's not to do like a mentality dog in him sort of thing, but it, it's it's true. The leverage of the innings matters, and that's where I think it it, it really has the biggest impact. It's not just inserts fifty plus innings of one point five ERA here. It, it like you can't just plug that in it's about the leverage of the innings and i think that it's going to have a huge impact so i wouldn't say that i'm like 
you know, oh, season over level of despair here. I think that that's a little bit of an exaggeration to say that. Um, I don't think that it's the same thing as when DeGrom was was hurt last year, for example. Um, but it's it's significant. It's pretty bad. Rob, I want to slightly change the question for you. Um, yeah. I'm curious <laughs> if you think that the Mets are like if you were, I mean, obviously look, the goal is to improve the team however we can. And Epler and co are going to be doing that. Do you think it's imperative that the Mets bring in outside help for this? Or do you feel confident in the bullpen they've built being strong enough that they can make it through without bringing in an outside piece? I mean, if it weren't for the other injuries that seem to be happening, I would actually you know, be very like, let's just roll the dice and see what happens. I mean, I do feel like bullpen is a place that, yeah, yeah, not it, it, as Allison said, they're not fungible, but, you know, it's usually a place where it's maybe easiest to acquire help in the season. Uh, they seemed to have built up more depth, uh, you know, would I rather have Edwin Diaz closing than David Robertson or whomever? <laughs> of course, but could I see him going 35 for 38 and saves and having a good year? Maybe, but yeah, there'll be that cascading effect uh, that Allison alluded to. Um, I would probably roll the dice and, you know, I mean, every game counts, you know, it's, everyone focuses on collapses in September. We could lose a couple of games in April and, lose the division by a tiebreaker or one game again so you don't want to throw away too many games but i i do feel like they brought in enough pieces and the fact that they brought back out of and did bring in robertson and brought in rayleigh i i i would be willing to try you know it would it would help if you know maybe they could just plug mcgill in but you know the rotation depth is also shortened with quintana being hurt but i would still start the season and see what we have and, you know, have my finger ready to make a move if the bullpen is an issue in, you know, April over the first month or two. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with with that take. I think that the bullpen is relatively deep. And I think, you know, for instance, I had heard that Zach Britton is going to be doing a, a showcase for about eight teams over the weekend. And if Zach Britton looks great, and you can get him cheap why not take a chance on bringing in Zach Britton, right? I think that there are plenty of guys out there who have the potential to be a game changer in the bullpen, but it's really a long shot to be a game changer. If there was somebody out there who felt like even a really good seventh or eighth inning guy, somebody who maybe you don't want closing, but you think could fortify that middle of the bullpen, I'd be all for signing somebody and then shifting the, the everyone else down, right? Have Adovino or Robertson be the closer, shifting this new guy to seventh or eighth inning. But looking at the list of free agents, there was nobody out there that really jumped out at me. Allison, is there anybody that jumped out to you as a potential bullpen piece? I mean, it's really like Zach Burton's really the only one. Um, and he he is uh, he's throwing a showcase today, I think. Oh, it was today? Oh, okay. I, didn't I think it was, was today. Um, and I'm sure the Mets are there, whether they actually sign him or not is a different matter. But um, I mean, he's the like track record of success in this role. Right. Um, obviously, I don't think like you said, Brian, I don't think the Mets would slot Zach Britton into a closer role if they signed him right away. They would they would put him in a low in lower leverage and shift everybody else like up um, up a peg. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really not much available right now. Obviously. People have been talking on Twitter and elsewhere about like trade options for the Mets right now. Um, there are a lot of 
bad teams out there that have good closers. Um, like, you know, I mean, people were talking about Edwin Diaz's brother, literally. <laughs> um, and also like David Bednar, for example, um, guys who are really good relief pitchers on teams that are not going anywhere. But the problem with that is, is that the cost in trade for these guys at this stage is going to be very high um, yes. and probably higher than the Mets are willing to uh to part with now this may become more of an issue at the trade deadline where they realize that they desperately need <laughs> another right. high leverage reliever and uh and they need to overpay for one um but i think that they shouldn't from the jump overpay for one when they may be able to ride it out at least for a little while yeah i think that makes a lot of sense um mid-season more teams will be out of it as well. And so the because there'll be more supply, the demand won't be quite as high. Right. Um, but I also think we... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it'll be tech, you know, less of the season that you're trading for the player for... I mean, that you know, there could be more of a bidding war if more teams are in it. But yeah, that's another reason I would want to wait. Uh, yeah. For- yeah. What hurts the Mets in this regard is that while, yes, something like seven of their first 10 games are against the Marlins early in the season. The Mets played the Brewers, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Giants, those and the Braves a bunch. Those are all good teams. And so April is going to be actually a relatively tough month for the Mets. And so when you're trying to work somebody new into the bullpen, that's not the greatest time to do it. Whereas if you look to May, you got the Tigers, the Rockies, the Reds, the Nationals, the Cubs, that's a much more manageable series. Uh, batch of games to be sort of messing with your bullpen that's my biggest concern is just like you said rob before division titles we focus on september collapses but if the mets had won five more games in april and may of last year they would have won the division so mm-hmm. that that is a little bit of my concern um question for both of you here is this the most devastating injury the this year's mets could have received is is diaz the player that whether like from a perception standpoint or from uh, an actuality standpoint, is this the most devastating injury that could have happened to it, it, it? Rather is Diaz the most devastating player to get injured? No. Um, I think the most devastating injury would be Francisco Lindor having this same thing happen. Um, because simply because, I know that Diaz has an outside importance, uh, outsized importance um, for a relief pitcher, um, and it, and th- he should because he's in a tier, basically all on his own. You could argue maybe like Emmanuel Classe, and maybe if he's himself this year, Josh Hader is in that tier. But there's like two or three tops yeah. relievers that are as elite as Diaz. But that that said, even the most elite reliever only impacts a certain percentage of the games. Whereas if Francisco Lindor suffered this same injury, that impacts every single game that the Mets are playing. And then your shortstop goes from Francisco Lindor to Luis Guillorme. And I think that that is a far more devastating thing to have have happened. I think that this is like top five, maybe even top three, but not the most devastating injury the Mets could have had. Yeah, I would agree with Allison uh, Lindor for his all-around everyday presence and maybe Pete Alonso just because, you know, the power aspect and without him, I think there would be a huge 
power void potentially in the Mets lineup. Uh, you know, unless one of the one of the AAA guys comes up and and hits the scene running. But um, yeah, I, I mean, Diaz, I think you know the trumpets and the and the the story and the narrative, and and also the fact that he was part of the huge free agent class. You know, although he was a resign. Uh, part of you know Cohen's outlay. Obviously, it's you know there's so much focus on him, rightly and deservedly. And you know, I love the narrative that you know the redemption story that you know people gave up on him in New York, and he you know showed why he's the best closer in the game. I think um, so. Yeah, there's like an emotional um, and symbolic, I think, uh, impact that you know people are maybe leaping on like it's the worst thing that could have happened to this team, but. I don't think it is, you know, as as Chris and Allison both alluded to in the beginning with your first question, I think the Mets can overcome this, particularly in the regular season. You know, it is bullpen. It is you know an important role, but maybe there is an outsized focused on it uh, and and out, partly because of the fun aspect. But um, yes. And, and that leads me into my next question, which is just that, like, I. I mean, I have friends who are fans of all different baseball teams who texted me in August of last year that was like, is the Diaz thing as much fun in person as it looks like on TV? And my yes. answer was, it's more fun in person, actually, than it looks <laughs> like on TV. And so I think that there is this sense of the joy of City Field going away without <laughs> Diaz's entrance. And not just his entrance, but the way that he embraced that. You know, lots of players have had cool entrance music before. Not every player embraces the role the way that Diaz does mm-hmm. um you know it's just it's just a very fun thing to watch and then you know I also think about him in the the Mets Super Bowl commercial where at the end he goes like yes the closer just <laughs> just just the personality that guy has just he seems like a legitimately fun good dude and I feel like this does hurt the team's vibes a bit but ultimately I, I remember talking to my dad once my dad had a way of looking at baseball that I always try to consider where he said the closer is the most important, least important person on the team. <laughs> and what he meant by that is that there are fantastic teams that their closer does nothing special for the whole year. Mm-hmm. That their their closer is a middling relief pitcher, but because the team is so good offensively, save situations don't come up all that often. And when they do, the guy like makes it through. So the you 2022 can... Braves are a great example of that. They yes, did not it... have an elite closer, and yet they were as good as the Mets, won as many games as the Mets, and made it further in the playoffs than the Mets. Yeah, exactly. And so while it is, a, I, I think it's like if you're taking a pulse of the team spiritually or emotionally, I think Diaz has an outsized role as well. I think in actuality, he's pitching less innings than a starter. He's appearing in less games than anyone who will ride the bench for the Mets for the whole season. You know, it's it, it it is a devastation. It is a devastating loss, but it is not one that's going to necessarily totally change the out impact of the season or the outlook on the season. Um, the Phillies closer was Sir Anthony Dominguez, and they got to the World Series. Yes, so, exactly. Speaking of hated division rivals, yeah, I was thinking of the 2019 Nationals, and I mean, I know they employed you know starters a lot in the playoffs, but I couldn't tell you who their closer was right now. Was uh, it? It was it Sean Doolittle back then. Little, but by the playoffs, I think he had lost it to. Um, I thought it was a righty. Um, I thought it was Doolittle during the season. Yeah, I couldn't uh, tell you. The point remains. I think that Brian makes an excellent point that 
is it is it the most devastating injury that could happen to the Mets from a baseball perspective? No, it's maybe top five probably though, but is it, is it the most devastating blow to the vibes that could happen to the Mets? Arguably? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, not just the vibes, but like they're doing an Edwin Diaz trumpet bobblehead this year, right? right? Like that's going to be a sad day at Citi Field. Uh, You know, just, just stuff like that is going to suffer a bit. And, you know, we all, I, the Mets, I mean, look, every franchise has its bad moments, but the Mets at times, as we all know, are that gif of Sideshow Bob stepping on a rake and then turning and stepping on a rake and then turning and stepping on a rake. Just like it can feel that way. And this feels like the Mets, you know, made a trade that every that many people thought was a very bad trade that brought Diaz over and then Diaz proved himself absolutely worthy of all the pieces that came with it and then he had an elite season signed the biggest contract in relief pitching history and now won't probably won't pitch an inning for the Mets this season yep it's just it's just a really hard thing to swallow and not feel like you know Charlie Brown getting the football pulled out from under him again yeah it's just a large part of what's was so much fun and likable about the team and you know there are plenty of other likable players and I'm sure in May, you know, hopefully we're riding high and I've forgotten about it. But yeah, right now it feels like feels like both the practical blow and and even more palpably an emotional one. Yeah. I think it was um our amazing avenue uh compatriot Vaz uh tweeted that just the idea of not hearing Simple Man or Narco at City Field this year <laughs> is really devastating to think about. Yeah. That's I, I so I, I have two silver linings that I guess we'll start wrapping up with. Number one is that if he does come back for the playoffs, can you imagine the city field crowd with Narco It'll in the be playoffs? Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. And the other thing is imagine the city field crowds for when Diaz comes in to save the game after Shohei Otani pitches opening day <laughs> next year. So, you know, yes. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do we think that something like this is a big enough deal to push conversation about changing the World Baseball Classic to the forefront? Yes, I do. Um, I like here's the thing. I know. So like I I'm I'm a huge proponent of the World Baseball Classic and in fact got like so frustrated that I had to like like I had to put on uh, whatever the the app that you like the 
focus control app so that I didn't log on Twitter last night after the DS stuff went down because I was so frustrated seeing everybody blame this on the World Baseball Classic and saying cancel the World Baseball Classic. This is meaningless. The that dude barely me. moved when he hurt his knee. <laughs> that oh, frustrated this... me a lot. Um, oh, is... oh, I'm sorry. Oh, but like I so I am a huge proponent of the World Baseball Classic and I think that this was a thing that you can't blame on the World Baseball Classic. That said, I think that teams will still use it as an excuse. It is a significant enough injury to a star player that I think teams will use this as an excuse to try to not send their stars to the World Baseball Classic. And I fear that this will... I don't think it's going to be like a death, an immediate death knell to the World Baseball Classic, but I think it's going to like... we had The World Baseball Classic had kind of been ascending like getting more and more popular mm -hmm. and I fear it's going to as like, or more and more popular is the wrong word, although it has been getting popular, but like it's been gaining more and more legitimacy is what I guess I could, I should say. And I fear that this is going to turn it back in the other direction. And it's going to do a slow decline where like maybe next year you'll get like a few stars, but most teams are cautious. And then eventually it's just going to decline back to the point where there's no MLB players in the, in the tournament that's an interesting take allison um and you're probably looking at the long view more wisely like i i know people don't apply logic but i i, I guess to what brian was saying about him hardly moving i'm just like like i could almost understand if like he blew out his you know acia as uh his elbow you know throwing a 102 mile per hour fastball to end the wbc or, you know, pitch three games in a row or whatever. But it was a celebration. It was like, what in the name of Kendrys Morales is happening here? <laughs> Literally, yes. You know, it, it, and I know, like, the context won't matter to people. But, you know, so you're just, so so what if the players just agree not to be excited when they win the World Baseball Classic? Can we just have it anyway? I, it, it, the, the context of how he gets hurt makes it a, a foolish argument. But you're right that probably one that, people will embrace because he is a star player and it is, you know, a huge media market, huge player, huge, notable injury. Um, it, it could have that kind of impact. I'll be curious to see. And I do think it will be a little disappointing if it does. I know uh, our fellow Met, Max Scherzer, has been a proponent of moving it to midseason. Yeah. And I honestly think that's the best move for everybody involved. I know that it that brings a whole other set of problems along with it. But it seems to me like if you could do it in the middle of the season, teams would be more likely to let their players play because... I, Is it... I mean, hockey does it for the Olympics, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like you... you And you would know better. Like, for instance, in the, in the spring, you don't know how healthy your players are. You presume they are, but they haven't been playing baseball for a few months. But if this happened in June and July, or, you know, July and August, whatever it is, you could absolutely do... You could you have a better sense. If you know your pitcher has been struggling, then that guy doesn't go to the World Baseball Classic because his elbow's been barking a little bit in between starts. Yeah, you have more data to deal with. It'd be great every few years, like, replacing the All-Star game with, like, it's a two-week you know, break. And I, I, I mean, because everyone's into baseball. I have to be honest, like I like the World Baseball Classic, but I do like in my head, I'm always like, ah, I can't watch spring games or I'll watch a little bit, make sure the players are healthy, but they don't count. And I, you know, it's hard to balance that mindset with like, oh, wow, these are competitive, interesting games in March. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that might be fun. I think, 
Yeah, I think that I am definitely open to the idea of moving it to mid-season. Um, I think that it would it would be better because um, but I think you would get the same basically the same issues that you have now with the all-star game where like teams in contention won't send their players and teams out of contention will send their players. Mm-hmm. Um because like, you know, teams in contention don't want to send their best players because they want to keep them healthy for a stretch run. Um, So it would still run into those same issues. Whereas if you moved it to like maybe November, it wouldn't have those same problems. And if someone like Diaz, if Diaz suffered the same injury in November, then he would potentially be ready for a stretch run for the Mets. So it shifts the timing of like, if a player gets injured, it wouldn't, ruin their whole season potentially um i've always been curious why is after the season or the play is it such a short off season that the players wouldn't want that 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 actually always did seem very logical to me but it seems like it's never even been mentioned i actually heard a very compelling reason for why it's not done then and that's that it interferes with a lot of the caribbean and uh south american leagues Oh, okay. And I also think, I mean, this is this is cynical and but I think it's true. Um, I think that Major League Baseball does not want uh and keep in mind that this is still Major League Baseball's tournament ultimately. Like this is Rob Manfred's tournament. Um, Major League Baseball does not want to compete with the NFL um yeah. as far as like viewership of the tournament. Um I mean now they're competing with March, March Madness. Madness. Yeah, but... this isn't any better. There's more March Madness games. Yeah, there is more, but I obviously I, I not it's not as high a percentage of the country. It's still a big event. It's but it's not as high a percentage of the country as tunes into NFL games. Um, but I don't know. I I think that like every every scenario presents its own problems. Midseason, yes. I still think you would get challenges with teams not sending players. Um, in November, I still think I would get I think you would get challenges if if for the people who are concerned about injuries, that would present its own concerns because you'd have a guy who just pitched potentially it, guys who pitched in, in, on play, in on playoff teams. Then you'd have a guy who pitched for the whole long, grueling 162 game season and a playoff run end in the World Baseball Classic and not enough time to recover before spring training for the next season could present its own set of problems. So there's like really no and I, and I think that the people who want to blame the World Baseball Classic uh, for their injured players on their favorite team are going to blame it no matter when they hold it and are going to hate it regardless. But I do think that this this in, to circle back to the original question i think that this injury even though it was fluky and happened outside of the course of play is enough because of edwin uh, who edwin diaz is is enough to cause the, like spark this conversation and cause changes potentially to how this tournament looks in the future yeah i i, I also think there's just there's there's no good time for it but my argument for doing it in the season is that I think you could mitigate the, how can I say this? Well, first of all, let me ask you guys this. If it was to be two weeks in the middle of the season, where would you make up the other games that year? Like if you're, if if your team is losing 12 or 13 games, when makes sense? Is this just eliminating off days? Is it introducing a couple more double headers? (laughs) What was that, Rob? Sorry, 154 game season. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, um, I don't know. I, I assumed like start a week early, you know, run a week late, 
maybe work a couple of double headers in. Yeah, I think you could do it in a piecemeal way where it doesn't seem like the whole season is like seismically different. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. How many weeks did they lose last year because the lockout? One and a half? Yeah. And they like, and they like, it felt like a pretty normal season in the end. It wasn't yeah. that different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I will, I will remain frustrated by people who want to, who, who say that like, who are frustrated by that. It's totally okay to be upset that Edwin Diaz is injured. I'm very upset that Edwin Diaz is injured. I'm not happy about it, obviously. But to to say that, that you should cancel the World Baseball Classic because it's a meaningless, it's a meaningless tournament and these these MLB games matter and the World Baseball Classic doesn't matter. Like I I just I've been getting frustrated with people equating I don't care about it to it's meaningless because it's not meaningless to other countries. Who are really not meaningless to the players. It's It's not meaningless to Edwin Diaz, who literally (laughs) said that this game against the Dominican Republic is would be like pitching like in the seventh game of the World Series. That's how much he cared about this. So it's not meaningless to Edwin Diaz. It's not meaningless to the other players who are participating. It's not meaningless to the fan bases of Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Taiwan, Japan, these other countries. It is not meaningless to them. It's very important. And these games have been electric and very fun to watch. And like you can feel however you want to feel about the World Baseball Classic. I'm not forcing anyone. No one's forcing anyone to care about it. If you if it's not your bag, totally fine. Don't watch it. But like to say that it's meaning a meaningless tournament is just simply it's factually untrue. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's very close minded. And it, like, I mean, I know those countries love baseball and that's why it's so celebrated. But that's how you grow the game. I mean, not that baseball MLB is great at doing that, but <laughs> it's it's a way and people are just like, shut it down. You know? I mean, I, I don't know if any of you saw the uh, the reaction online. So last night, the it was the last night two nights ago. I think it was two nights ago. The uh, Great Britain team got uh, lost, and so they went they went one and three in the tournament, and so they were not going on to the next round. But because they finished in the top four, they are now going to have funding for the next World Baseball Classic, which means they're going to hire a full-time coaching staff, and they're going to ha- have some indoor facilities. The, that, that team was training without indoor facilities or a full-time coaching staff, and British baseball Twitter like lost their shit in joy. Yeah over this because it's going to grow the game in Great Britain. And that may not seem like a big deal to us in the United States where every small town has little league, but for parts of the world where that's not as common, this is going to really change the culture of baseball in those places. And that's a good thing. We want the sport to keep growing and changing and adapting and being something that people want to play. And especially in the States as less and less kids are playing baseball, Having baseball in other parts of the world will get better players for the major league teams. Um, right. It just there was a like pitcher. A... There was a pitcher on Nicaragua who got a major league, who got like a contract with a major league team because of how he yep. pitched in the World Baseball Classic. Tell that guy to his face that this tournament is meaningless. It just changed his whole life. Yeah, exactly. no, you're a fan of like you know. I mean, I know it's not going to grow like that in our lifetime, but like you know, I, my friends who love love soccer, like you know, you can go to all these different countries. And go to a match where, you know, like, I'd love to go to Great Britain and be like, I could go to a baseball game? Cool. Right. (laughs) And, like, speaking of the soccer comparison, like, I'm a huge soccer fan. And so, like, I just I just am imagining, like, how much a soccer fan would laugh in your face if, like, if you said 
oh, Lionel Messi shouldn't be playing in the World Cup because he might get injured and wouldn't be able to play for Barcelona. Like, mm-hmm. are you like, be be for real? <laughs> like, that would never be a thing in a million years. Now, I'm not saying that the World Baseball Classic is the World Cup, but like that is sort of the goal, isn't it? Like to make it that important. It's it's probably it's really hard to get there since the World Cup is like the most important sporting event in the world. Um, And it's going to be hard to ever get to that level. Like, I don't think anything else will ever match it. But like. It's just like it's funny to like the cultural difference between like baseball and soccer in that way. Like the World Cup is seen as the ultimate honor and and like people take their club teams in soccer very seriously, very seriously. (laughs) But like no one says this guy on my club team, this guy on Manchester United shouldn't be playing for England in the World Cup because he might get hurt and then he won't be able to play for Manchester United. Like that's just like not a mentality. I think to get back to something you said about the players and the WBC being so into it. I mean, you said, you know, Lionel Messi himself probably would be like, are you, are you effing kidding me? I'm going, I'm going to the world cup. Like that's not a question. So, you know, I mean, the players should have a voice too. And clearly a lot of the players love, you know, participating in this and don't look at it as a meaningless thing. It's just, it, it very much has devolved into this, like, It's brought out some of the ugliest viewing players as commodities um, stuff, (laughs) discourse that happens in baseball often. Like when we talk about like money ball stuff in like a dollars per war context, like you reduce these guys to like to entertainment outputs for you. And these are human beings. Um, I know, like, I understand that the Mets cut Edwin Diaz his paycheck. I understand that. And actually, quite frankly, if we want to talk about this as like a labor argument, I think the World Baseball Classic should be compensated labor. Mm -hmm. Um, It absolutely should be. Um, So to like, I understand that the players are not being paid for the World Baseball Classic. I get it. They should get a cut of the profits. Absolutely. 100%. I am behind that. But to pretend that Edwin Diaz should be loyal to the Mets, his employer over playing for his homeland is Mm -hmm. kind of gross to me and like eliminates like his autonomy as a person. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll take it a step further, Allison. You talked about the World Cup and how the World Baseball Classic isn't there yet. What self-respecting baseball fan wouldn't want this to become as big as the World Cup? I want it so bad. Don't don't we all want it? Like, why would you that to me? That's like saying, well, if I start a band, we're not going to be the Beatles. So why the fuck should I try? Like, that makes no sense. Like, that's just not how the world works. You try things and you try to get better at things and you improve. And the world, I, I am not a soccer person. It does not appeal to me in the slightest. I have tried. I'm sorry, Allison. It's not my thing, but totally understand. I love how excited my friends get for the World Cup and my friends all over the world get for the World Cup and the national pride and all of that. And look, I'm I'm born and raised in New Jersey. I don't have a ton of American pride, but fuck, man, I almost shaved my beard down to a mustache in solidarity with the team Italy. Right. Like I I was getting <laughs> I was getting into this. Right. It was it was fun. And, uh, you know, it just to give people this this outlet for Un- unbridled fandom with no bullshit of you know this guy's over o- overpaid blah 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 like it's just it's a more pure version of the sport and I agree Allison they should be there should be profit sharing absolutely but I do sort of like the idea that everyone there will be playing for the same amount of the team cut right like it's just yeah it's a more 
united front. I love that. I want the World Baseball Classic to be at the at the level of the World Cup. It'll never happen in my lifetime. It won't. No, never. But, but it would be so cool if it did. Yeah. And again, why would in that direction to like to to see it increase in popularity? It'll never be the World Cup. I accept right. that in my lifetime. But yeah, yeah, especially with baseball not being a part of the Olympics. Mm. You know, it just seems like this is this is the best possible thing. Is it perfect? No, it's not. But it, I think it is ultimately excellent for the sport. I mean, I look if you're watching some of those games in Miami. And you're seeing the fans just lose their minds when their teams win. Mm-hmm. How could you not want that in a regular season game for your team? And mm-hmm. the only way you're going to get that, the only way you're going to build the sport up to a level where people are that excited about baseball is by expanding the people who watch the sport. And if there are people who are watching the sport because their country was in it, and that's more important to them than an American team that they don't necessarily care about, that's a step in the right direction. Agree. Yep. Agree. <laughs> Well, let, let's all hop off our soapboxes here, folks. And uh, just again, uh, you know, just end on a, a bit of a somber note. You know, it, it is really a bummer about Edwin Diaz. I loved how positive he seems through all of this. And I think if there is a personality on the Mets who can weather the storm, it is Diaz. And like I said, whether it's opening day of 2024 or the playoffs in 2023, when Diaz comes out to Narco for the first time back, we are all going to collectively lose our shit. It's going to be wonderful. Yes. I I knew like I I knew the makeup of the person that Diaz was in 2019 when he was struggling so much in his first season as Met. Um and you know ta- and bringing up all that discourse about how he wasn't worth the price of the trade and the whole time he said, "I know I'm a good pitcher. I know I'm a good pitcher." And he didn't let it get to him for a second. And he went out and he proved it. So I feel like that was a that was a demonstration of the person that he is. And I think that that will that mentality will serve him well <laughs> as he rehabs from this injury. Also, absolutely, yeah, that's a good point. I have no, I have complete faith that he'll come back. You know the way he was whenever whenever that happens. Yeah. I, I, let, let's end this by just saying get well soon Eben Diaz let's uh, let's hope that it's the shortest possible recovery time that he comes back throwing fire and we get to all dance to narco in the stands ASAP um, thanks for listening folks um, more on our new podcast situation in a couple days bye <laughs>